Lord Jesus, it is your advent, your coming that we celebrate this day. And help us to understand that that good news is indeed for all. In your name we pray, amen. Please be seated. Advent blessings to each of you, friends, this morning. During these Sundays in Advent, we've been noting different people in the Christmas story who expressed some fear when an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And they all heard the same message from the angel, fear not. The angel came to Mary to tell her that she would give birth to the Savior and to her He said, fear not. The angel went to Joseph and told him that he was to take Mary as his wife and he was to fear not that entire endeavor. Last week, we we learned about Zechariah, the priest who was married to Elizabeth, Mary's cousin. Zechariah heard the angel say to him, fear not. They're all different, dealing with different kinds of fears, just as you and I deal with different fears in our life as well. But we take note that in each case, what relieved their fears was a message, a message of good news. And today we come to the fourth such story. It's the story of those shepherds out in those fields near Bethlehem. And they were out there at nighttime watching over their sheep. And Luke tells us, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. And the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This morning, this fourth Sunday of Advent, I would like to focus particularly on the words of the angel in verse 10. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. And it's that very last phrase that I want to zoom in on today. All the people, all the people. Here's my question. Who is included in the word all? Now, it may seem like a a, a simple question. It may seem overly obvious, but I'm asking the question intentionally. Perhaps a better question is, is there anyone who is not included in the word all? Is there anyone who perhaps in the privacy of your own mind, you would leave off that list of the word all? And if so, 
If there's any individual or if there's any group of people that you would leave off the list of all, then I have to ask why. Why would you leave them off? Doesn't everyone need the Savior? 700 years before Jesus was born, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words about the coming Messiah's mission. And I think they're incredibly revealing about what the one we know as Jesus would eventually come to do. But look what Isaiah says as he quotes the Lord. The Lord says, It is too small a thing for you, Messiah, to be my servant to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. That is too small a thing for you to do. He goes on. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. Did you catch the gist? It would be too small a thing for the Messiah to come and simply restore the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God had a bigger mission in mind for his Messiah. It was to bring the message to to the people of Israel, to be sure, but also to take that message to all the nations, to the Gentiles, to all the ends of the earth. The mission for the Messiah was to come for all, for all. St. Paul picks up on this in his first letter to Timothy. We heard the words in our epistle lesson earlier when he said, God our Savior wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. He genuinely desires all people to be saved. And he goes on, for there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom, what, for some? No, for all. When Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, grew up to be the man that we know as the Savior, he gave his life on a cross, not just for some, not just for those he would pick and choose. He died for all. And desires that all would come to faith in him as their savior. The problem is not everyone knows that they are included in the all. That what Jesus did was for them too. For various reasons. The vast majority of people in the world don't even know that there is a savior. Maybe don't even realize they have a need for one. And you know, many people in our own country have become disconnected from Christ, from Christianity, from the church. And we have to ask, is he not for them too? This next image I'm going to put up on the screen I think is rather illustrative. Because this is how many people view themselves in relation to the church. They're like the one in gray. They feel like outsiders. They don't really have a connection to the insiders, so to speak. They're one on the outside. Now, this is probably true for a variety of reasons, of course. Some people who were once in the church have intentionally stepped away 
And there's probably a variety of causes for that. Perhaps some had a bad experience in the church and have never felt a connection or a welcome back. Many people, especially in younger generations today, have had no exposure to church whatsoever. Don't have a clue of what church is about. If they even notice a church building on the side of the street, they have no idea what it's for, what goes on inside, because they weren't raised with it. And some people draw their impressions about the church, about Christianity, and even about Jesus Christ from what they hear on the radio or what they see on TV, uh, what they get from various kinds of news reports, and maybe all they see are the sensational news stories about some bad thing some church person did, and they get a rather distorted view about Christianity. And we wonder why they feel on the outside. Who would want to be a part of that? That's what goes through their minds. And frankly, there are other people right around us, perhaps even in our own neighborhoods, who have never even been invited to come to a worship service in a Christian church. So I have to ask the question, is the good news really for all? And if it is, what does that mean for you and me who know that good news? St. Paul wrote again to Timothy chapter 1, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst, he says. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. We think about Paul as the great Christian leader of the church, that great missionary for the gospel, but do we remember who Paul was in his earlier days when he was known by his Hebrew name, Saul? Saul was a man who persecuted Christians, who had them thrown in prison, who had some executed. Saul is the one who stood there and approvingly watched as Stephen was stoned to death for his faith in Jesus. And yet Saul, with all of that reputation, was shown mercy. Saul was included in the all. And his life was transformed by this good news message of his Savior. And it changed him into the world's greatest missionary ever is the good news really for all this advent sermon series we've been calling christmas and beyond because we've been focusing not simply on the stories of the characters from christmas but how all of that then takes us further into the future into the life of jesus into our own future as we think about the new year coming right around the corner, 2018. Christmas and beyond for Jesus' story, of course, is about the fact that he didn't remain a baby in Bethlehem. 
that Jesus grew up to be the man who would carry out a ministry and a mission to people, ending at a cross and an empty tomb, and then ascending into heaven to prepare a place for all who believe in him. Yes, that is the babe of Bethlehem who went beyond all of that for you and me. During the time of his ministry, he reached out to everybody, to all. That becomes evident in a number of stories in the Gospels, and one particular one that stands out, stands out for me is recorded in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9 tells us the story of the calling of a man named Matthew to be one of Jesus' disciples. Matthew, also known as Levi, was not particularly liked by his fellow Jews in the day because Matthew was a tax collector. Now, we have our own idea of what a tax collector is today, but back then it was even worse because a tax collector back then basically worked for Rome. It was a Jewish person who worked for Rome, collecting taxes to be sent to Rome. But if that wasn't bad enough, they tended to collect way more than what, was exp- than what Rome expected. And then they pocketed the extra for themselves. So they were viewed as crooks, as well as people who sold out to the Roman overlords. Matthew was one of those. Should he be included in the all? A scum person like that? And yet Jesus comes to his tax collector's booth one day and says, come, follow me. And Matthew does. He becomes one of his disciples. And one day, Matthew invited Jesus to his home for dinner. All right, now, should he go? Should he go to the home of this person known in public as a, as a traitor, as a, as a thief, as a con man? Matthew tells us the story himself in his own gospel. He says, while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. Now there's a whole room full of them. Should they be included in the all? I would love to have been a little bug on the wall listening to the conversations that took place around that dinner table, wouldn't you? What did Jesus have to say to these other tax collectors and public sinners, no doubt prostitutes and other people with bad reputations, maybe thieves? Who knows who was in that room? And yet Jesus wasn't ashamed to eat dinner with them associate with them, talk to them, reach out to them. However, all of this didn't go over so well with the Pharisees. The Pharisees were the strictest religious practitioners of the day. And when they heard about Jesus having dinner with these people, they later came up to Jesus' disciples and asked, him, asked them, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? In their mind, these people are to be cast away. Matthew goes on, he says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy 
who need a doctor, but the sick. Pretty good analogy. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I've come to call sinners. And who qualifies as a sinner? I do. Every single one of us does. Every single person in this world does. Jesus came for all of us, no matter our reputation. It really begs the question, what was Jesus' purpose for coming into the world in the first place? Was it not to call all people to repentance, first of all, and then to faith in him as their savior? Didn't he come with his number one purpose to lead all who will respond to himself that they might have eternal life? And isn't this, friends, exactly what the angel was saying to the shepherds the night that Jesus was born? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. This fourth Sunday of Advent and the story of the angels, friends, I think is a reminder to us that we are called to reach out to all people with the good news. The joy of forgiveness is for all people. The good news that we know is for all people. At the end of his ministry, what did Jesus say to his disciples shortly before he left this earth? He said, go and make disciples of some people. No, of some of the nations. No, go make disciples of all nations. Now, when we think about that, that may sound a little bit daunting. How am I supposed to make disciples of all the nations of the world? How do I do that? Well, we certainly are to support the global mission outreach effort, but to make this more personal, maybe let's think of it this way. Mission outreach begins at home. It begins at home, right where we are. Jesus even explained that to his own disciples before he left them. In Acts 1.8, he said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice he didn't start by saying, you're going to be my witnesses in foreign countries. He said, you're going to be my witnesses, first of all, right here in Jerusalem at home. And then you're going to reach out to the surrounding regions of Judea and Samaria. And then the gospel is going to spread to foreign countries as well. For that is his ultimate goal. Friends, on this fourth Sunday of Advent, I want to issue you what I'm calling my Christmas and Beyond Challenge for 2018. And I want to keep it real simple. My challenge to all of us, and I'm including myself in this, is that each and every one of us give consideration to one person that we know who needs to have a connection with Jesus the Savior. Maybe it's someone who used to be in the church who's gotten disconnected. Maybe it's someone who's never been in the church at all. Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a family member. Someone you know that needs a closer relationship with Jesus. Here's my challenge. 
for 2018, I want you to focus on that one person and pray for that person to get connected to Jesus. And throughout the year, as you're praying for this person, watch for opportunities to share the good news of Jesus the Savior with that person. And watch what happens. A good friend of mine, Steve Cohen, who's, who's Jewish and is now a believer in Jesus, credits a Lutheran man for praying for him for two years. And it was after two years of this man praying for Steve that he finally came to faith in Yeshua, Jesus, his Messiah. He now leads our church's outreach to Jewish people, Apple of His Eye Mission Society. Friends, don't give up on anyone. And who is that one that you are going to pray for this year and to whom you are going to share the good news? Don't leave anybody out. Don't say to yourself, no, they're beyond hope. The good news is indeed for all. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, your Savior. Amen. At this time, we gather the offerings for the Lord's work. And would you also place your name and other information in the black registration booklet in the pew and pass that to your neighbor, please.